this Welcome to the Wedding of Distinction podcast, a program for the unique bride and groom. The Wedding of Distinction is a concept, a concept where brides and grooms want something better, not just your average wedding. We have the tools to make that happen. Now, here's your host, Mike Fernino. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike and... You are you. Welcome to the Wedding of Distinction podcast, a program specifically made for couples planning their wedding. I'm happy to offer insight on how to do it and what pitfalls to avoid. Now, in my 30 years as a professional wedding DJ and master of ceremonies, I've seen a lot, a whole lot. And so it is my goal to help as many of you as possible to have your own special wedding of distinction. So they say it's not how you start, but how you finish. I have to disagree. In the wedding world, it really is how you start. The wedding ceremony is the foundation of any wedding. It's the ceremonial beginning of the most important day of your lives, and it has to go flawless. Many couples often plunge with both feet into the planning of their ceremony, having no idea of what, where, when, or why. The goal of every couple should be to fully experience their wedding in a way that's authentic to them. To achieve that, the right vendor team can certainly make that happen. Having the right people to work with will not only get you to the results that you're looking for, but they'll also make you feel very relaxed and confident that everything's going to run smoothly. On today's program, I speak with Emma of Emma Thurgood Weddings. Emma Thurgood is a New England wedding professional who focuses on planning and photography for elopements and intimate weddings. She's even the wedding officiant for many of her couples, so she knows a little bit on this topic. Let's talk about the proper planning and execution for a sensational wedding ceremony today on the Wedding of Distinction podcast. Today in the Zoom line, I have Emma Thurgood of Emma Thurgood Weddings. Hi, Emma. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. And I'm so excited to have you on because you are not only in the planning aspect of weddings, you're an officiant, you're a photographer, you're completely immersed, you're out of the, the New Britain, Connecticut uh, market, which is essentially my market, and uh, how long have you been doing it? Oh, this is my sixth year as specifically weddings. I was a photographer long before that. I worked in nonprofits, which is where all of my planning skills were honed, <laughs> and uh, I've only recently become an officiant since I've started doing more elopements and small weddings, and that's a great add-on service for my clients. And that's your specialty. It says right on the uh, right on your website, New England Wedding Photographer and Planner. Uh, no more manufactured weddings, and yes. uh, it's all about New England small weddings and elopements. So what's what's uh, what's small? I know there's a lot in COVID. Uh, we've had a lot of small weddings, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, they've really taken off, and I think people are starting to realize that like doing a smaller wedding is in more in alignment with, you know, who they are and what their relationship is like. Um, So I don't think they're going away just because COVID restrictions are lifted. Everybody's definition of what a small wedding is, is different. You know, elopements are no longer just two people only. A lot of elopements can include immediate family. So you're talking maybe up to 10 or possibly 15 people. You know, um, I consider anything under 75 people to be a small wedding because the average wedding size is 100 people. But most of the clients I've had who have done small weddings, we're looking at 30 guests, maybe 40 guests and 50 guests. And it's a lot of 
you know, not at your typical wedding venues either, which is why I have that statement about no more manufactured weddings as a small wedding photographer and an elopement photographer and planner. It's really about creating a day that is completely customized to the couple and what their values are and what their personality is like. So we're going to talk wedding ceremonies now, the proper execution of a wedding ceremony. It's not just show up, I do, and that's it. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. So we're going to, we're going to play um, I'm the Bride. I know, big stretch. And you're the planner. And we're going to start from the very, very beginning. So for a bride and groom, specifically the brides planning the wedding, where do we start and what are the things that we need to consider as far as putting something together? So when, whenever I onboard a client to my process, I spend a great deal of time on a discovery call talking about the things they love to do together, the things they love to do individually. I talk, I ask them about their relationship, you know, and not just like how they met. I ask them about what the different challenges they are that they've faced. Um, I, I, want to know what they really value in their partner. And I really try to get into, you know, I'm not trying to put myself into their relationship, but I really want to get inside how they feel about their relationship and what that history is. Um, so that when we're designing the details of the day or like setting up, you know, we're talking about wedding ceremonies, the ceremony is the show, the big kahuna for the day. So it's really important that every part of that reflects the couple and their relationship. Um, you know, from the words that are said by the officiant to the way that they get to exchange their vows and symbolize that unity, um, you know, because there's multiple kinds of unity ceremonies you can do um, and other facets you can incorporate into a ceremony. As far as timing goes, mm -hmm. do, you, uh, do you recommend having a uh, let's say prelude beginning of the wedding with music and things like that uh, what's what's from a timeline standpoint what do you recommend to the couple when putting together a ceremony i always say um you know when you're doing a catholic mass it's like an hour is getting blocked out sometimes even a little bit more than that um for non-full mass ceremonies um i usually say like half an hour should be blocked out as far as if there's like a processional or anything like that i think that really just depends on what the couple wants to do you know some people have just done like simple cocktail parties and then make an announcement like hey we're getting married right now everybody gather around and they have their ceremony right there and it's very informal and that's true to who they are for other couples they really want that sense of like anticipation and reveal for their wedding ceremony when they have guests um, and so having something like a processional with some music is great. Um, but again, it really comes down to what is going to be a true reflection of the couple and their personalities and will make them feel the most comfortable. Because a lot of couples that I work with, they have a lot of anxiety about like coming up and putting on what is kind of like a show for their guests. And so that's why having like a first look can be really helpful because they get to be with their partner a little bit and relax and be reassured about what is coming and kind of take the nerves off a little. Okay, you hit upon it. We're going we're gonna to jump into that. We're going to talk about the first look because years ago, and I've been doing this for longer than I care to admit. So back in, back in, back in the 80s when I was just a young DJ, <laughs> a lot of the couples would get uh, ferried into this little tiny room. We called that the closet. And they'd hide in there because nobody could see the bride and groom. And they'd have to you know, just sit in there for an hour while the guest had cocktail hour. 
it's not that way anymore. The first look is a really cool way for the bride and groom to get their photos done pre-ceremony, right? Yeah. The way that I like to do, I like to split it up. So in the, you know, during the first look, I set aside about an hour and a half for the first look. And that's where the couple gets to see each other for the first time. Um, and then if they have a wedding party, we'll do their wedding party photos immediately after that first look moment. Um, and then after wedding party photos are taken care of, then we'll do some couples photos. And then during cocktail hour, that's when I like to do the family photos. It's usually a little bit of a logistical nightmare to try to do the family photos up front, unless your wedding is like really, really tiny. So I like to do the family photos during cocktail hour. Doesn't take more than 20 minutes. And then the couple has the rest of cocktail hour to do what they want. They can go join and mingle with their guests. Um, we can do more photos if they want to, um, or they can go canoodle quietly in a corner. It's their time. And isn't it awesome? And it, it is true. Or should I say, let's debunk the myth that it's not bad luck to see the bride before the wedding, right? No, it is not bad luck. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, there are so many couples who, um, initially didn't want to do a first look and then decided they wanted to at the last minute. And they have told me like it was one of the best decisions they made for their wedding just because of the way that it helps you relax and feel more prepared for the ceremony in front of all the people. And I've had some couples use that time to exchange their self-written vows privately because they don't want to share that in front of all of their guests. You know, they're more private introverted people. Let's break the ceremony down into pieces. So Obviously, there's the introduction, and then there are the vows. Now, people could have literally a five-minute ceremony if they wanted something that simple, but there's also ceremony. There's also readings. There's also special moments like uh, unity candle, sand ceremony. Can you hit on some of the elements of a wedding? Let's say if I wanted to have a wedding that was of more substance and can maybe go about 20 minutes, what are some of the aspects that would be part of that? So I always really like it when once the ceremony has started, you know, if you have a processional, everybody's now up there at the ceremony space to start the ceremony with what you're talking about, like an introduction. And this is a great opportunity to, for the officiant to sort of recap the relationship in a kind of way, you know, talk about what makes each person in the couple special when they came together, how that makes them an amazing couple um, and talk about different you know, life reflections that they might have been through. Um, because not every guest at your wedding is always privy to every part of your relationship. So it's an opportunity for your guests to get a little bit of a better insight into the people getting married. You know, there are plenty of times where people have been like, I had no idea that the couple went through that moment. It was so nice to hear. And then after that intro, you know, the, the order can be very fluid of what you do next. Definitely um, having people come up and read something is very popular, whether it's a religious kind of reading or something more secular. Like my favorite was a mother reading for her son's wedding and she was reading the lyrics of a Beatles song, which was special for the two of them. You know, so that's a great way to incorporate more people who are important in your life into your wedding ceremony because as we all know you know nobody lives in a bubble and we all have a community that we really count on so it's nice to know that those people are really affirming your marriage how about the sand ceremonies and the unity candles or i've seen the lockbox where this one's really cute where i guess if they have a fight they 
they've returned to this box and there's something in there like a rose or something or a note. I mean, there's all these different cute little ceremonies now that could be incorporated into the center part of the wedding ceremony itself, giving it extra substance. What, what have you seen, Emma? Yeah, I love all of the different ways that people create like a symbology of their unity. And so the unity candle, the unity sand, those are very common, very popular ones. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of the hand fasting. I think it is such a beautiful ceremony. Um, I love that couples can create their own cord using different materials and colors and that the colors have a symbolism for the values they want reflected in their relationship. You know, I had a couple recently, they did what's called an anniversary box, which is where they wrote letters to themselves or not to themselves to, you know, to their partner um, before the wedding. And then during the wedding ceremony, they each put their letters into this box with a bottle of wine and on their one year anniversary, they're going to open it and read the letters Um, I thought that was really fun and a little different. It's not the typical one you see. You know, for blended families, doing something like a family puzzle is really fun because you're, you know, when you're marrying someone who has children who are not your children, it's really important that those kids know that, you know, they are a part of what's happening on this wedding day um, because you're not just marrying another person, you are bringing family together. Um, So I really like when children get to be incorporated into the wedding ceremony and affirmed that their presence is really meaningful and significant. I've seen a lot more ceremonies uh, taking place at parks and other than wedding venues now being, we've gone through COVID for a couple of years now. So people have gotten very creative, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite ceremonies that I did uh, last year, I, the couple was from Iowa. They had never been to New England before. And so um, I helped them plan their entire New Hampshire elopement where we went out and started the day with their first look um, at their Airbnb. And then we went out and got some coffee at a local joint. It's a very small touristy town where we were. And then we hiked a few of the trails um, around Franconia Notch and ended the day with a tram ride up Cannon Mountain and hiked the little loop at the top of Cannon Mountain and they had their ceremony right there with views of the White Mountains in fall. It was it was amazing. I'm I have like chills talking about it. That sounds great. That really does. So let's just ask you this. My final question would be why would a bride and groom need a planner? Obviously, you this is what you do and you know this. And it's a loaded question, but why would a bride and groom really need a planner versus going it their the you know themselves and trying to plan the whole wedding? based upon what their friends and their family are telling them? For precisely that reason, actually. So the the biggest benefit of a planner is the amount of stress that they can relieve from you because they take off a lot of like the little tasks that you have to do. They take all that off your plate. But then furthermore, like as a wedding planner for a couple, my job is to affirm and advocate for the wedding that my couple wants to experience, you know? So if mom is over there trying to say, you need to invite my childhood best friend and your cousin who you haven't seen in 13 years and like all of these people that are not who you would consider like must have people at your wedding. Like that's what the planner is there for is to help you articulate to the people in your life, like why you don't need to do those things and help you feel validated in those choices 
And, you know, especially, I feel like this is especially important for small weddings where people are really getting a lot of pushback because, you know, people who are getting married in their thirties and their twenties, like they, they just don't value big, huge 300 person weddings the way that they were previously valued for other generations. And so it's really much more about for couples now about having an experience getting to actually experience it and then you know have making sure that it's reflective of who they are and what their values are and the reason I talk about actually getting to experience your wedding is because when you do the math you have four hours during your reception to um mingle with people right like the average reception is five hours long and you know with other formalities and dinner and stuff you really only get like four hours to talk to all of your guests if you have 150 guests that's one and a half minutes per person to talk to them that's really basically only hey how are you and that is not you getting on the dance floor at all that's kind of startling right there yeah it's crazy when you actually do the math and think about it so it's nice to uh, have a planner help you reaffirm that you're actually spending your budget where you want it to be spent and, and getting that experience you deserve. Because there are lots of people who are like, I'm so glad I have the photos because I really, I couldn't remember everything that happened that day. And as a planner, I always make sure that there are multiple times throughout the day that the couple gets to get out of, you know, if they're having a reception, like get out of the wedding reception, take some time, decompress and help kind of implement everything they just experienced from a short-term memory into a long-term memory because if you're just go 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 you don't really get that breathing space to reflect on what is happening in your life at that moment and you should you should be fully present on your wedding day right and emma explain the uh, difference between a full-time planner you know bride hires you from the very beginning versus a day of uh, coordinator yeah, so like a, a full service wedding planner is somebody who you hire very early on in the process, possibly before you've even secured your date and your venue, and they will help you with every aspect of the decision making. Like if it's a full service wedding planning that you've contracted for, they are helping you design by picking out the colors, the textures, the plates, the silverware, the linens, like, you know, who are your vendors going to be? They research all of those for you and help you narrow down your list to finally the choice that you want to make. You know, they are there coordinating your rehearsal with you and they are there on the day of making sure everything is set up properly and helping keep the day moving along the way it's supposed to and going according to plan a, a day of coordinator it, most planners don't offer strictly like day of usually you start working with them about a month in advance of your wedding and that's because they need to get caught up on what the plan is and you know be in touch with all the vendors about what the plan is and everything like that and so they just kind of you've planned pretty much everything about your wedding and then you're sort of like handing off the logistical responsibility of making it happen to the day of coordinator very nice so let's uh let's get some brides and grooms in touch with you tell uh, the listeners of the program about the website phone number and all that good stuff Sure. Uh, you can find me on my website uh, at emmathurgood.com. Uh, I always say my last name is an abbreviation of Thursday is good. Um, <laughs> and then you can text me or call me at 860-612-8452. Fantastic. Emma, I thank you uh, so much for your time today. because I think it's fantastic for a bride to have a planner and uh, someone to really give them direction. It just makes the bride and groom that much more relaxed on their wedding day. I'm sure you're going to agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. The the days where 
a planner has not been involved have not always been uh, the most relaxing and wonderful for every couple that has gone that route. To say the least. We'll see you out there in the 2022 wedding season. I hope you have a really good one. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a great day. This here is a remarkable the Wedding of Distinction podcast is a production of Music in Motion Entertainment. All rights reserved. Any unauthorized publication of this program is strictly prohibited. For the Wedding of Distinction podcast, I'm Mike Vincent. Happy wedding planning, everybody. Let's give me-